Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. up with Ian Rodby. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all. Weather looks phenomenal, by the way, today, tomorrow, Friday for the game. Temperatures uh, mid-60s, sun, cool overnight, which should be uh, perfect for the uh, when the lights get out. You know, the Longhorns, this is only their second home night run uh, of the season. So uh, last time we had a home night game was the Wyoming game for Texas. Oh, yeah. And that's where we saw the debut of the drone show and the light show and the LEDs. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, man. That's... That's a little too much for me. We, yeah, we haven't seen that yet or seen that since yeah. because they haven't played a night home game. They've played at night at TCU. they played at night at Iowa State, uh, Alabama, but they have not played another night home game. Well, so you can, anti- with all that, man. You can anticipate uh, for senior nights. Oh, that's right. Senior night. It's going to be quite the show, quite the spectacle. <laughs> Uh, Not crying on the field. Crying, which is never good. You got mama out there with you know family members, and you're gonna be crying, crying with your helmet on. It feels weird. <laughs> you, t- I, I, you know, I've heard you, other people say it, but you say it better than anybody. That uh, it's just weird. You're, what are you doing, mom? I'm playing. What are you doing here? Yeah, just, Why are yeah, you on the field? Because there's a you know there's a there's a persona like an alter ego that she, most players go into that. You know, when they own the football field. When you got your headset on and you're you're kind of jammed. you're getting in the zone. You're in a certain mindset. And that mind, that person that you are on the football field is not the person your mama raised, really. (laughs) That's not, you know, your mama raised a, you know, a, a, a productive, respectful citizen, paying taxes and, you know, a perfect gentleman, chivalrous, all those things. Um, But when you're on the football field, yeah, a lot of stuff goes out the window, man. I was a. That was a scary person out there on the football field. Black Caesar. That was my alter ego. Hey, Black I, Caesar, I, man. I cried like a baby on senior night when I when I came off the field for the last time, though, when it all hit me. Exactly. Ty, oh. did you have an alter ego that you, you That's what I'm saying. morphed into, or did you just you're just tied? I was mean. I was very mean. I got. <laughs> I, probably, mean. I probably set the record for most personal un- unnecessary roughness and personal fouls. <laughs> That's like surprising. Exactly. See, it's it's a it's a violent game. All right, it's a physical played by game. violent people. Yes, and and pain is a part of it. You have to psych yourself out to have to to want to want to run enthusiastically into another human being that's bigger than you it's bigger your, than your, you. your case yeah it is you, you know there's a bit of sociopathy at play there and yeah you gotta psych yourself out so you know i had my alter ego that's the same alter ego i had my first uh dream as a professional what as a pro athlete was to be a professional wrestler and i was going to be black caesar i just took that ego that alter ego and i applied it to football and that's that's the guy that was out there but that guy like I said, when mama's out on the field, that is not the guy that, you know, mama raised. So you got to turn it off for a minute and then turn it back on. You got, yeah, you get, you get crying. And, like, you know, Ty said, you're emotional. When guys know it's going to be their last game, they're really emotional. It wasn't my last game. I was going to get drafted. Right? So I was, I was kind of emotional. I was like, oh, my last game at Texas, but I'm okay. But when you're last time you're about to put on the pads and the helmets ever and you know it and it sinks in, like Ty said, at the end of that game, there are going to be some guys at the end of the game, they're going to be balling because they realize, Oh, man, this might be my last time playing at Texas. I may never put it on. Now, for Texas, you'll play in the Big 12 title game, and then you'll play, hopefully, 
uh, two more of the games, college football playoff. But, yeah, football, not like, you know, I say there's no crying in baseball. There is crying in football, yeah. especially the last, the last hurrah. For, especially That's for the, the, like, high school-style athlete. Like, obviously, you played in the college and NFL, so it's a little bit different, like you said. But just, You knew that was it for you, right, yeah, uh, Ty? I, that I mean, was the you, last you uniform. You work in your whole, like, I played football from second grade up to through senior yeah. year of high school, and that was, like, kind of, our, you know, that's your identity, and that's kind of what yep. you got. And then you realize, oh, it's just taken away just like that. I'd go back and do it all over again. All the bad parts. <laughs> yeah. Miss it. Yeah, I agree with you. Now guys do miss that's it. It's a great line in, yeah. uh, in a great Jason Isbell song that's uh, a boy's first dream and a man's first loss. Football. Oh, I love that. Damn, that's good. <laughs> boy's first dream and a man's first loss. Yeah. I mean, ask Tom Brady. Tom Brady had to tell Giselle, listen, woman, I love you, and I love these kids, but my first love is football. I hate to tell you. Like, that was a, I was in love with football way before I met your smoking hot uh, self. Yeah. Right? That, that's the game that really supported me yeah. and really inspired me to become who I am. So, And that's a, I'm sure it's a tough conversation for him and his wife to have. Like, no, baby, I'm going back to this game. Like, I'm going back to it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Summed it up in a line. Yeah, it's a boy's first oh, dream and then a line. man's first loss for sure. Typically, if you, whatever, it could be football, but it's, uh, he's probably talking about it's great line. high school football, but yeah. at the time it could be for anything, whatever your first love was, put, grew up playing baseball, you know, whatever, and then you lose it. Oh, it's tough. Devastating. Hey, uh, this says, uh, drone, I'm all for the drones spelling adios Big 12. Adios Big 12. Will there, will there be a sayonara? Adios, mofo. Adios, yeah, the governor. Yeah, adios, mofo. Even though he's an that'd Aggie. Be, that'd be easy to spell. Adios, mofo. Yeah. And they're playing like Happy Trails or something. Yeah. No, Brad Yarbrough. Reportedly, he's going to be there. He is. Right? He's That's got a credential. Say he's going to be there. Uh, that would, you know, it'd be cool to take a little uh, subtle jab at Brett Yarmark. He took a funny, you know, a subtle, lighthearted jab at Texas, and some people were throwing it out there like it's. He was, he was joking, guys. It was a <laughs> joke. I mean, he was. It might have been a joke in bad taste, considering his position as, you know, the commissioner. But it was still a joke. He, he was, was joking. playing to the crowd. Yeah, it's consi- exactly. He was in Lubbock, wasn't he? Was he in Lubbock or with, uh, addressing Texas? He was in Tech Lubbock. Fans? Yeah, was yeah in it, was Lubbock. A, it was a booster rally. Yeah, come on, man. It was a booster rally. Yeah. I mean, they were raising money and yeah, yeah. he was getting them revved up. Read and, the room, man. Read yeah, the room. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought Sark has taken the high road on that and understood that, uh, you know, he, the players, they never had, they, they didn't pick to go to the SEC. They're happy to do it, but at this point, they're still in the Big 12 and uh, have a chance to win, win a championship the on one, the way out. Win the first one and the last one for Texas? Bookends. Oh, Bookends. Be beautiful. Hey, uh, some, we were talking about in our bullish or BS, the, uh, the power ranking and the bullish sides. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks weighed in. Green bean casserole oh, with no. homemade chicken mushroom soup and homemade bacon. Not the homemade bacon. Now, that, that sounds pretty good. No, that does sound pretty I good. I do like green bean casserole if it's done with, like, fresh green beans, right, and uh, really all fresh ingredients. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, I'm not a fan of green bean casserole. I'm not going to lie to you. I do need some greens on, on, on things. Yeah, that Somebody said bacon-wrapped green beans. Oh, what? Yeah, That's you just thing? wrap them, and then you put them in the oven, bake them. They, those are good. Okay. You know what? Yes. <laughs> you Dude, sign me up. Bacon-wrapped anything is going to be better oh. than the uh, alternative. Bake, just bacon-wrap it. That's exactly right. Uh, this says top three Thanksgiving sides from all the way here in New Mexico. Listen hey. on the Hornet mashed potatoes with hatch, red chili gravy, Ooh. green bean casserole, honey, cornbread. Thank you very much. Corny. Sounds Ooh, good. Ooh, honey, cornbread. Deviled eggs is mentioned. Deviled eggs, nice. My mother mentioned sweet potatoes. Oh, yeah. Some people are big yams. on sweet potatoes. That- yams? Yeah. Candied yams. Yeah, I'm not big on the yams, but I got family. CB that says green bean casserole is an abomination. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. it's made poorly. It's terrible. <laughs> it's an abomination. <laughs> hey, can we get some headlines here? Top stories. We got uh, behind the burn orange curtain coming up. We're getting ready for the Thanksgiving holiday and all the football that comes with it. Let's get it going. 
Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment saying happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. They bring us the headlines. College football, fourth edition of the college football playoff rankings out last night. Uh, a change in the top five. Once again, no movement for Texas. They're once again ranked seventh by the CFP committee. Spot behind Oregon, spot ahead of Alabama. Georgia's still solid at one. Ohio State is two ahead of their massive showdown with number three Michigan on Saturday. Unbeaten Washington. The Huskies have moved into the four spot, though. They replaced 11-0 Florida State, who slipped to five uh, with the injury to their quarterback, Jordan Travis. Other Big 12 teams in the CFP include Oklahoma 13, K-State 19. Oklahoma State comes in at number 20. Elsewhere, more accolades for Texas players yesterday. Longhorn de- defensive tackle Tavondre Sweat announces a finalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award. That honors the nation's top defensive player. More impressively, maybe, a senior from Huntsville also announced one of the ten finalists for the Walter Camp Award. That's the uh, nation's fourth oldest individual award, presented annually to the College Football Player of the Year. Either side of the ball, he's one of two defensive players to make that final ten. Also yesterday, running back Jonathan Brooks announces a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. He's, of course, story his ACL in that Week 10 loss to TCU, but uh, before that injury, he had over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns rushing, caught 25 passes for 286 and a score. Two other Big 12 running backs made the final 10 for the Doak Walker. Ali Gordon from Oklahoma State leads the conference in rushing in the Big 12. Also, the local product from Maynard, uh, Taj Brooks from Texas Tech. He's rushed for over 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns for the Red Raiders this season. Certainly has caught the attention of head coach Steve Sarkeesian. The first guy has a hard time getting him down, and it's not always because of the elusiveness. It's his ability to absorb blows and stay on his feet and then continue to to break tackles, get hard yards. Uh, They're a physical running football team. How about college basketball last night? Maui Invitational Semifinals. Shaka Smart and his Marquette Golden Eagles destroyed Kansas, the number one team in the land, 73-59. Uh, led for all but 22 seconds of that game. That's Coach uh, Smart's first win over a top-ranked team in the AP Top 25. Marquette will face number two, Purdue, for the tournament tournament championship today uh, on the island. Boilermakers beat Tennessee last night. Week 12 in the NFL kicks off tomorrow with a Turkey Day triple header. 8-2 Detroit Lions hosting Green Bay. Uh, 3-30, 7-3 Cowboys hosting Washington at 7-20 tomorrow night. San Francisco 7-3 at Seattle. 6-4, huge game in the NFC West. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, Longhorns uh, really excited, I think, about the opportunity um, coming up this weekend for them on Friday because uh, not only can they solidify their place in the Big 12 title game, but like you said, man, this weekend, along, and the players are aware of this, I remember playing and talking about the BCS and stuff at the end of the season, toward the end, and where we were, and our path to it, uh, so trust me, the guys are discussing it, they're discussing the same stuff we're talking about, <laughs> and they're well aware of the past, as uh, long as it doesn't distract them, and this, that is something that's going to be a test for Sark, I mean, uh, Texas is a better team than Texas Tech, that's clear, um, and honestly, they have almost every advantage in this matchup, but you know, Tech has spoiled Texas plans before. I was on the Fort Acres. They spoiled our BCS plans in 2002. We were a really good team. We were an 11-win team. We were going to oh, go I to the I was at the game when uh, Cliff yeah. Kingsbury saved his job. Cliff Kingsbury. And, well, trick exactly. play. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He was going to get fired in the locker room after the game, that. runs the trick play, and saved his job. And I remember hoping year. Texas – he gets fired, hoping Texas would hire him yeah, as the that, OC that That's year. right. That's right. Um, but we all remember 08, right? Spoiled things for Texas in 08. We remember that. Um, yeah, and last year. I mean, you can make the argument last year that if Texas – Kept them out of the Big 12 title game, yeah, that take, overtime take, win. Take care of business there, they go to the Big 12 title game. So, Tech has played spoiler before. 
Um, and they play spoiler when Texas has to come in there distracted, um, distracted by the national narrative and conversation going on, and maybe tech gets overlooked um, because Texas has bigger fish to fry. Uh, they cannot allow that to happen. I know because it happened, like I said, it happened to us when it, Cliff Kingsbury and Wes Welker coming out party for those two uh, in 2002 for us. So um, that was in Lubbock, a little bit different. You're going to be at home here, but still you cannot get distracted. Thanksgiving, family in town. There's a lot of reasons to get distracted, uh, especially short weeks or so your schedule. Regimen changes. We talked about senior night. You're going to be crying on the field, handing your mama flowers with the helmet on. A lot of reasons to get distracted. You know Tech has had it circled. Hell, they've basically been telling you they've had it circled. Got the bulletin board material from last year and from the offseason. So you know not only are they going to break tendency in this game, they're going to throw everything at you, including the kitchen sink. Exactly. It's one of those kitchen sink games. Why would they hold back? They got nothing to lose. And they are bowl eligible as is. Yeah. this is for them. If Joey McGuire wants a, if he wants a contract extension, and Joey McGuire wants this season to be considered an overwhelming success, even with just six wins, you beat Texas. Yeah, you spoil it for Texas, and they will they'll start building a statue out there in Lubbock for you. <laughs> well, and, and as you said, I mean the the, the stat for him that I, I keep talking about is his November record, and you talked about before Joey McGuire, oh, this was crazy. a program that was awful in the month of November. Horrible. They would always come out hot. In non-conference, typically, and then it would just disintegrate. By the end of the year, they were terrible. They were 11 and 32 t- between 2010 and 2021 in Big 12 play in the month of November. They were 11 and 32, 25.6 percent win percentage. And Joey McGuire in two years now six and one. 85.7 percent win percentage. Very different. Very yeah, different. And that, that's just good coaching, right? I mean, yeah. it's a. Uh, you know, it's similar to what we talked about with Matt Campbell last week, right? We had the guest on from Iowa State saying, man, I wish we were better early. <laughs> because you know, Iowa all the time? Because Matt Campbell <laughs> has this long, the long-term mindset that he took from, you know, high school coaching and his dad. And then he, of course, coached at a place called Mountain Union in Ohio where they had the Division Three playoff, right? So you could, you know, you just, you just what matters is how good are you in December. Just be peaking. Uh, and that was the build. And I think, you know, high school coaches have the same mindset. Because uh, you can you cannot be good in September and lose some non-district games mm-hmm. and still win a state championship. Yep. Uh, you know, college football doesn't work that way. Uh, you lose two, three games in September, but you that may it. change next year. Well, we have a twelve-team twelve-team playoff. playoff. As long as you get in, get in. That's all that matters. Well, especially with the you know you you can't lose three I games mean, in September. You can lose a game or two. Yeah. Uh, because you know I, I still think when they go to twelve teams, they're going to have the you know the the the, the five highest-ranked conference champions. They're in. So the same thing if you. Win your conference despite some rough games early. You're still going to be in that 12-team playoff. But, but that's how high school coaches always coach, right? They're, 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 they have a long-term mindset. And Joey McGuire, one of those, and they are getting better. And I, I hadn't thought about the spoiler. I mean, 6-5, and five, they get to 7-5. and five, And uh, Joey McGuire really, you know, if he has back-to-back wins over Texas. Oh, maybe beat Oklahoma too well, last that, year, That helps right? your recruiting. Did he beat that, Oklahoma? He did. Beat in Oklahoma? the last game of the year, Rod. Yeah, he beat in the Oklahoma last game too. of the that year. That was the first time, I think, ever that a first-time coach beat Texas and Oklahoma. It was. And then they won their bowl game. They beat Ole Miss. So, that's why everybody was hot on them as a dark horse. Yeah, and, and you know, he's still a good coach. I mean, I know Texas fans are glad to be not playing them moving forward, but uh, he's going to be good for that program. He really is. I mean, uh, I think, so. I think what, you know, his success, which, you know, six, I mean, six and six, but the injuries they took early uh, really took its toll, And but they are getting better. Uh, I would say what, what, he, what he has taken from Baylor, too, is significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just Matt Rule leaving Baylor. Joey McGuire, when he left to take the tech job, yeah. They've, they've fallen apart, and now Dave Aranda is on a huge hot seat. And they don't want to fire Dave Aranda, but they may have to. They like him. They like him a lot. The and they just paid him a lot of money. They got, yeah. You got a big, a big raise right them. after the Big 12 championship. Yeah, play. but the product is Bad. suffering. 
<laughs> they, they're regressing quickly uh, as a program. So well, I'm, and that, I'm, speaking of getting better, they lost to Texas State early and got outplayed by Texas State, and they really haven't gotten better. No. Baylor. <laughs> yeah, to your point about, hey, you know, how you look in November, they look worse yes. in November than they did in September. Uh, but you're right. That's the thing about Tech. They, tech does look like a much better team now. But they've, they're just it, – it's so unorthodox for them. It just seems like so uh, the antithesis of what we know Tech to be, especially with Zach Kidley being an air raid guy. But it goes to what you said about Joy McGuire. He has decided, you know what, scoring a ton of points in air raid offenses and airing it out – it's not necessarily the best way for us to win games this season. Now, they're going to build for that, that formula in the future, no question. But this season, they've had to revamp so much because of the quarterback injuries, um, because of issues that arose. But what do I always say about coaches? They're just problem solvers. And coaches like Joey McGuire and Matt Campbell do is go through the season solving problems. And by the time they get to November, they look up and went, guys, we're I think we solved most of the problems. The big problems have been solved. Uh, now we've got to figure out how to, you know, become the best version of ourselves. But well, we we fixed the leaky the leaky ship. All right, we were le- we were uh, right leaking a lot of water. We were essentially going under, and we fixed all the leaks. And now we got to figure out what's the best path going forward. And Texas Tech, they fixed all the leaks. That's sure. That's for sure. And they're still not a great vessel at this no, point. And Texas still, is the yeah. better team. But that's your deal. with it. Look, I'm sure there's times where Joey McGuire has had teams at Cedar Hill when he was coaching high school that weren't very good, that all of a sudden won, won a state championship run, right? It can happen uh, when you keep coaching, keep fixing problems. And as you always say, coaches are problem solvers. And uh, good coaches solve those problems over the course of a year. And doesn't mean they can beat Texas. I think they're taking a huge step up in class here. Because uh, I watched them play Kansas. Uh, and they beat Kansas in Kansas. But Kansas, you know, the quarterback Jason Bean got hurt early. Mm-hmm. And they went down to their third quarterback who had not played at all during the year. And they still almost lost that game. I mean, the game against Central Florida, who's not very good, was 24-23 last week. Yeah. Right? They're, 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 they're winning, but they're, this is, they're, they're stepping up to play a top-seven team in the country who yeah. Longhorn fans think should be a top-six team in the country right now. Well, play like it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that's the whole point. You're supposed well, to be they a top-six the same team. effort uh, they did against Iowa State, this is going to be good. Uh, this yeah. team will, will handle this business. And, uh, you know, West of Texas, missionary, you got a common opponent with Oregon. That's right. Yeah, Oregon played – the same night Texas beat Alabama, Oregon played – at Texas Tech, yeah. and they beat the Red Raiders. That was part of that early. Mm-hmm. That's where those injuries began to mount for them in that Oregon game. Well, remember, against, they also lost at uh, – you have a common opponent in, in uh, Wyoming. Remember, Texas Tech played at Wyoming. Oh, we, yeah, and we, Wyoming gave – well, beat them. gave them the business. Yeah, beat them in overtime. Yeah, you're right about that. So, so Wyoming and Oregon, common, common opponents. opponents. And uh, Well, Texas played Wyoming pretty tough. It was a 10-10 tie <laughs> until but yeah. the start of the fourth quarter. And they have a 21-point blowout. Well, watching them play uh, Texas Tech the week previous is why I thought, hey, this is this Wyoming team's all right. I mean, I they've gone on to be a pretty I, good team this yeah, year. Yeah, I people, I try to tell people about that defense. That defense was legit. Yep. I think they proved that. Hey, uh, good stuff right there. We'll talk Texas football. we got the Cowboys. You feeling good about the Cowboys tomorrow against yeah, the uh, Washington Commanders? Uh, I mean, the Commanders are not a good team. I mean, let's be honest. The Commanders are close to firing their coach. Uh, they're, they're very close to that happening. It's probably going to happen this season if not in season, they're going to move on from Ron Rivera. And, I, you know, that they're struggling as a franchise right now. I think the Cowboys will beat them. And if they do what they do to bad teams, then they're going to beat them badly. They're yeah. going to dominate them. They're going well, to especially out. if the commander's team, who's 4-7, and seven, if they showed up yeah. that lost to the Giants last week. and but, let. But you put out some numbers that now make me rethink whether they're going to blow them out. <laughs> I didn't. It was, uh, it's just, these well, are just the facts, my friend. Well, just the facts, whatever. But the Cowboys usually on uh, Thanksgiving, I guess, right? Yeah, well, the Cowboys since 2011, so that's like a large sample size, 12 ball games. Yes, play. 
That's plenty. They're 1-11 against the spread on Thanksgiving. That's against a, the spread, ATS. That's crazy. And the spread is currently 11 for them, 11, 11 and a half. So <sighs> every Cowboy listening fan listening would take 31-21 right now and move on and get your – Oh, yeah, you don't care about that. Yeah. But if you got some stake in the game, mm. uh, which, which, as I said, this is an amazing stat, Rod, to me. This, this stat is crazy. Uh, the Cowboys are 1-11, and, and Dak Prescott as a quarterback is 1-5 against the spread on, on Turkey Day. Um, but you know, as far as uh, they get the wins, they, they get the wins. Don't, don't cover the number. It is. So. It, it's crazy. But overall, Turkey Day teams since 2005 cover at a 65 percent clip. The favorites. So if you combine those two, the Cowboys are dragging that number down. It's 65 percent without the Cowboys. Right. It'd be like 80 percent. So the so the hint might be take the uh, favorites and the, take the the Niners and the Lions. Yeah, and lead, then lay lead, off the Cowboys. Leave the Cowboys one alone because this team because they, they they cover these teams. Yeah, this team this year they beat teams like that. They bludgeon them. Well, but Ron Rivera may be coaching for his job here. Oh no, it's he's done. He's, yeah, it's, he, he can't save his job. I don't believe he not can. Not from what I. Well, I mean, I think, right. but but if he's fired here, if they get blown out here, he'll be fired. That you know, on the way home. Could be. And Eric Bieniemy might get the, the, the to coach this team the rest of the way. Yeah, new ownership. They just want they they want a new. And guy. they're tired of seeing a team that comes out flat. Yep. And uh, no, because the Carp Commanders beat New England in New England. I mean, not that New England's any good, but that's a, that's a good win for that part of the franchise. Might say more about New England though than this I think it does. Washington. But they they they're up and down for Ron Rivera. They don't play with the level of consistency. There has there. been improvement though. Sam Howell has gotten better under Eric Bieniemy in that new scheme. Oh man, they he, he, he entered the game against the Giants, leading the NFL in passing yards. Yeah, they've thrown the football better. They just and they and this is by the way in in spite of some of the worst pass protection in the league. Yeah. Sam Howell's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league, and yet he's still gotten better. Well, so, that, that's what we talked about, right? That speaks to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. who could never get the head coach job. He's doing a good job there. It's not all it's all him, and then we know the Chiefs can't catch. Uh, and their passing game all of a sudden yeah. has fallen apart. Got to wonder if there's some tie-in there with Eric Bieniemy because the anyway that's watched Washington this year knows their pass game is a lot more dynamic it than it was. Yeah. Um, and the Chiefs, not as. And not as coordinated, so uh, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Cowboys could could pink slip a coach here potentially. In uh, Ron, Ron Rivera's a good dude though. You played for Coach Rivera. Uh, coach, yeah, Coach Coach Rivera is awesome. I I love him as a human being. There's no doubt about it. Uh, as a head coach, obviously uh, there were some shortcomings, but as a as a human, he's he's that's that's part of I think it's gonna be tough to get rid of him. And, and, and that's why they didn't do it before this. And then while they may not do it in season, he's just so well-respected. Yeah, he'll land so somewhere. Oh, okay, no we come back. It will be uh, behind the BOC. we just talk some Texas football. We'll go a little more in-depth on Texas Tech and uh, some more. The Rod will bring us. We'll also get uh, off the record before the end of the hour. Happy Thanksgiving from Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. For the top of the hour, off the record, including uh, a report I just got in my ear from Ty Henderson, our producer, about what tonight is. Tonight's a big night. Tonight's a big night. It's we'll a let you know huge what that, night. Uh, if you're a single guy, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, weekend plans, off the record coming up. Uh, Rod's got us behind the burnt orange curtain. And I was just watching some highlights here, Rod. We sit in the, uh, the South Austin Onion Creek studios here, and we've got the TVs on. And I was just watching C.J. Stroud highlights from uh, – you know, his, his, you know, his, his B-roll, right, just his mm-hmm. highlight reel. Man, uh, the more I watch him, uh, I think every you know, young quarterback, his footwork is phenomenal. His footwork, the way he keeps a strong wide base and then just has a little short step. Uh, he's got his shoulders turned to where this target is. There's oh, yeah. a reason he's so damn accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I say that, that if you're, you know, if you're Quinn Ewers and you're planning to come back next year, uh, that's a guy to study. 
that is a young quarterback you can study of, of his footwork. It is. Yeah. I mean, he's just so balanced. Uh, and uh, as someone who grew up playing baseball, you know, balance is such a key to your, to your hitting swing, uh, to, to fielding, to pitching. Uh, he is just, if you watch him, his, his base, his legs are really wide apart. And then it's just a quick shuffle step with yeah. his front foot, and, man, the ball is rocketed out. So we see Quinn sometimes getting too narrow uh, to where his footwork, and then actually. all of a sudden he's throwing off his back foot. You watch C.J. Stroud, he almost never gets narrow with his feet. Uh, he, you can tell it's, it's repped and repped and repped and repped. Great base. Yeah, the great base leads to the quick release uh, and the accuracy, man. It, it, Drew Brees used to have it too. Go back and watch Drew. Uh, quarterbacks, when you, and, and you kind of bounce. You don't step. You kind of bounce through your pocket, and then now obviously if you've got to flush the pocket, you're going to move. But uh, he, and when, he's, when he's stationary, uh, his footwork is really, really good, and you can tell he's worked on it uh, a lot. And that's, to me, that's still Quinn's challenge because uh, sometimes he gets his feet too narrow, then he's throwing you know, off his back foot, tries to do a little sidearm stuff, and it leads to some poor throws. When he steps foot and steps into it and he gets his oh, feet yeah. work right, man, it's special. It. Yeah, it is. And that's the next level for him, and that's why we're hearing that he's been told from the NFL, come on back, keep working on those things, more reps, more practice, more game film studied, more in-game action, yeah. uh, and then find that consistent. Because, look, C.J. Stroud's come in this league and taking it by storm. Uh, a, he's got obviously great post-snap recognition, which we know. But, man, it, it's the accuracy. The way he can push the ball down the field and find – I mean, he completes more long, you know, 15 to 25-yard passes into tight windows. He's, yeah, he's the most accurate deep ball thrower in the league right now. There was a throw last week against Arizona. They brought a blitz and hit him in the face. Uh, they brought a, a safe a D-back blitz, and he got hit hard. Hardest I've seen him get hit. Uh, right, I mean, it was a clean hit. And he got sacked. He went down. He kind of got shook up a little bit. He got up. That made it third and 17, Rod, uh, mm-hmm. after getting you know, whacked like that. He stepped into a throw and converted third and 17, just a little dart, uh, you know, inside his zone coverage that was you know, 24-yard gain for a first down. I was like, damn, this kid's good. This no, kid's special. really good. Yeah, and you're right about it. It's, it's accuracy and ball placement, and then his ability to process post-snap is phenomenal. And then just a, the ball comes out like a dart. Yep. Uh, that was impressive because to see a kid get hit that hard, uh, some guys are going to – Let's just run a draw play here, Coach. Can I get to the sidelines? Make a screen. Yeah. Uh, I need to blow. No, he he laser beam. Hey, Rod, let's go behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders and what their game plan may be. Now, I got into what concerns me about the Texas Tech defense going up against the Texas offense, just to summarize that really quickly. Texas Tech, Sark said they do some things uh, defensively that are really interesting and intriguing. Uh, he, was, he didn't go into great detail because I don't think he wants to give away game plan stuff. Uh, but I believe what he's talking about is are there sim pressures. Um, simulated pressure is what sim pressure stands for. Simulated pressure essentially is a uh, defensive concept. You said you want it to look like a blitz, smell like a blitz, feel like a blitz, and then you end up sending three or four uh, players and four defenders instead of five. A blitz officially is five or more rushers. Um, you don't want to send five because you don't want to have a numbers disadvantage in the secondary in your pass defense. So you send four, but you freak out the offense by making them check it audible to all of their blitz protections and their hot reads and hot routes um, because they're thinking it's going to be a blitz. And then with the simulated pressure, you send three or four, but you still have the 
numbers advantage, all right, in your pass defense, and that way you can take away the hot routes and the hot read, force the quarterback to hold on to the ball, and then your standard rush, which is a simulated pressure, will get there a little bit quicker. Now, simulated pressure is different than a standard rush. Standard rush would just be your four or three down linemen or the guys that are at the line of scrimmage. Those guys rushing. Simulated pressure can bring guys from the second level. And even third level. Now, it won't be five or more because that's a blitz, but you can still bring a safety. You can bring a linebacker from the second level, and that has given Texas problems, right? Gave Texas problems at the end of last season uh, against Baylor, who had eight sacks, the most sacks that any team had against Texas. They did a lot of it with simulated pressures. And early on this season, right, remember Rice game? Uh, there was a lot of that. Even Iowa State broke out some simulated pressures with amoeba fronts. You combine the simulated pressure with amoeba fronts. Amoeba fronts, what I call ghost fronts, essentially is when you line six or seven guys up at the line of scrimmage all across the line of scrimmage. They can be in a two-point. They can be in a three-point. Essentially, the offensive line doesn't know who's coming. They don't know who's dropping, and that way you confuse the blocking schemes there as well. And on top of that, if you combine twists and stunts, now Texas Tech doesn't twist and stunt that much. They're about, I think, around 19, a little under 20% stunt rate. That's when you run twists and stunts in games up front with your defensive front seven. They don't run a lot of those, but they may decide to up that and increase that versus Texas because when you combine when you combine the simulated pressure with the amoeba fronts and the twists and stunts, that combination really gave Texas problems last season and at the beginning of this season. Um, they should be totally prepared for this considering we're at the last regular season game but it's something that tech does really well and i think you're going to see them break that out against texas they're top 10 um in terms of rate they're top 10 in simulated pressure rate in the power five so they do it as much if not more than mo almost every team in the power five that's something to worry about i wouldn't freak out about it but it is a way for them to kind of you know, get Texas in a compromising position. And Texas only has to worry about this if they're in a predictable passing situation. As long as they stay ahead of the chains, they won't have to worry about these con these combined concepts that have given them problems because they'll be ahead of the chains and you can really only deploy these simulated pressures with the amoeba fronts and the uh you know and the twists and stunts if you know Texas is gonna throw the football. You don't know they're going to throw the football. These concepts will actually get you in trouble trying to defend the run, have a rush defense defending with these concepts. So that's a lot the of the guys are just standing up. Yeah, they're standing and up. Bold. And they get out of position. Yeah, they get out of position. <laughs> they're playing high. Yeah, that stuff can, you know, really work against you if you're working against a team that's going to pound the rock. And by the way, Texas can just pound the rock. We know they prove they can do that against Iowa State, which is a much better defense than Texas Tech. So let's jump to the uh, Texas Tech offense versus the Texas defense. One thing I worry about is first down. Well, not worry about. One thing that I am looking at is first down. Like, and when you're looking at first down, I think Texas' first down rush defense is going to be big in this game. It's going to be huge. And, and actually, their first down rush defense for Texas, they actually it can afford to play with what I call lighter boxes. A light box is when you have fewer defenders than blocker. And the reason Texas can play with the light box is because they have Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. <laughs> they have two guys they essentially demand a double team so that one defender to sweat is going to take up two blockers so essentially in terms of winning the numbers game i can win it still with a light box because i got two force multipliers with byron murphy and to sweat and texas can play and texas actually is one of the leaders uh in the country in playing uh rush defense with a light box but and also first down is going to be big because Texas Tech, although they, you know, they're running the football more, 
I don't know if they're necessarily running it on first down a lot and starting out with the run. I think in this game they're probably going to pass to open up the run, but there's no question. They want to run the football. In the last six games, they've run it 40 or more times four of the last six games. And that's why it's going to be key for Texas to stop them, all right, on first down, on those early downs, force them into passing situations. Um, and that way Texas can, I think, blitz Baron Moore. That's what they're going to have to do and try to do. Uh, Texas first down run Big 12 play. Uh, they're 39 rushing yards per game allowed, 3.3 yards per carry, uh, and 1.5 yards after contact per attempt. So Texas got to be stout on first down and really stuff the identity of Texas Tech. I know Texas Tech uh, wants to funnel usage to Tosh Brooks, and he's a really good player. I mean, he ended up being a first-team All-Big 12 running back, 5.4 yards per carry, over 1,300 yards. But concerning what Texas has done to traditional run games, like Iowa State, who only got nine yards rushing, like K-State, which was the most prolific rushing offense in the Big 12, top five in the country, with duo dual-threat quarterbacks, and they held them to their lowest rushing output output since 2014. The only team that's been able to run the ball successfully on Texas is Oklahoma, and they did it with a non-traditional running game, with Dylan Gabriel having the best rushing performance of his career. I think Texas has to be ready for Texas Tech coming in here, breaking tendency from what they've done the last six games and being run-centric, run-oriented. I think they're going to run the football. There's no doubt they're going to do that because Taj Brooks is too good. But to run the football uh, early and often against Texas is a fool's errand. I think they're going to break tendency, and they're going to come out and throw the football, throw to open up the run. That's where Texas is susceptible, to inside-breaking routes, to targets to bunch formation, um, and that's something that Texas Tech does naturally. It's, it's, it's baked into the air raid offense, but they haven't been air raid-ish all right, uh, in the last six games. They've been more of a power run team, which is totally uh, you know, uh, and the antithesis of what we know Texas Tech to have been. But they got good receivers on the outside that are twitchy and fast. I worry about Texas being able to defend those guys if they decide to go pass first with Baron Morton, who's playing much better in the month of November, completing over 71% of his passes, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions in the last three games. Great stuff. Behind the BOC, love the amoeba fronts and um, simulated pressures. Learn a lot from Rod behind uh, the, the, the theory of football uh, when sure. you're watching the game. Uh, help you. And I do the in-game watch on Inside Texas, Rod. The watch along oh, yeah, I always have fun. helps me a lot because, I, you know, there's one of those amoeba fronts and simulated mm-hmm. pressures. And uh, I always kind of knew what, what it was, but you put the name on it and yep. explain what they're trying to accomplish there. Really is good. Football theory with yes, Rod sir. B. Uh, coming back, we'll hit the off the record. Apparently a big night on the streets of Austin, Texas. Ty will tell us what that's about also uh, our plans for the big weekend that's coming up four days of fun and feasts and football plus some off the record stuff uh, that will hit next hour nick shuley will be in the house with the uh, set list atx if you've got family coming in town and you want to know where the best live music is throughout the weekend uh, nick's going to show you uh, so you can get out and enjoy the live music capital of the world nick will set us up with that uh, and before the end of the show rod we got a, a texas tech insider coming your way chris level nice. oh i chris, love chris level he's great chris level will jump on and give us the intel of this uh, uh you know you know, a Texas Tech team that has changed its recipe of how they operate. Unbelievable. He's seen it uh, with his, you know, up for, up close from the sideline view. We'll talk to Chris coming up. So we're loaded all the way to 11 o'clock. Lock it in on Hook'em Up. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of 
off the record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, man. Uh, Wednesday of Thanksgiving week does not suck, apparently. Ty Henderson informed us, uh, Rod, you agreed that tonight is the busiest and best hookup slash bar night of the year. Yeah, it's a good go-out night. Everybody's back home from uh, wherever they live, back home to see their family for Thanksgiving. So that's why. Yeah. Everybody's back home. So you get to see all your, all your old friends, you know. And, you're, cool. and uh, so, Ty, you're going to be out tonight. This will be a bar night for you. Deep Eddie, Little Don's Depot, Little oh. Mean Eyed Cat. I mean, this is kind of your trek tonight. If I can get a spot at Deep Eddie, sure. I might have to show up at like 5 p.m., lock down a table. I thought you knew people there. Don't you have like your place? I do, yeah. but like, like I'm no not, one from Cheers. It's not like I walk in and they're like, oh, we have your table reserved here, Ty. Like, here you go. No, it's, a, it's a very tight quarter situation in there. You got to you gotta put in the work if you're going to get a spot, good spot. Uh, but hey, All right, well, there you go. hey, having good real estate in there is the name of the game, though. I'll tell you that much. It's very tiny. It's a very small place. Oh, yeah, because when uh, if any hotties come in there, they're going to be looking exactly. for room, and then you can just invite them over. Hey, you can come hang out oh, with us. Oh, you got a big chair spots. trick. I like that. Yeah, there's two big round tables in there. You want those. Mm, and, then, uh, and, you know, I, am I true on this? Okay. That, did, what, is there – am I right when I say the Don's Depot may be a little older crowd than Deep Eddie, or what are we talking about here? I would say probably – for the age bracket. Probably just about the same, but you'll see some 70-plus some, uh, crowd at Don's Depot that you might not see at Deep Eddie. Oh wow! Just because yeah. of the band, plus, yeah. the band, yeah, you know, Don, 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 Don yeah, himself that, that, being there, he's like range. ninety something years old. So, um, but you know, everybody's always having a good time. Yeah, Damn I'll be right. a, I'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be asleep when that's happening. He's like, I'll live vicariously through you. That's right, Ty. Uh, I'm not going to live yeah. vicariously ride through Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Vegas Raiders. Oh yeah, Give this is bad. What do you do? Well, this is where. Uh, you know, stepping out on your boo thing and uh, in the the World Wide Web is not a good thing in social media. Josh Jacobs' girlfriend, uh, what's her name? Woa Kenzie. Her name's Woa Kenzie. That's a weird name. Woa Kenzie. We'll wait for this one. Uh, she has broken up with him after she caught Josh Jacobs in bed with Blasian the Goddess. It's a porn star? <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Oh, I mean, you're living in Vegas. Single guy living in Vegas, That's playing true. football. Is she like an adult entertainer or OnlyFans? What are we talking about here? Well, so this girl's name is Woa Kenzie, spelled W-O-A-H, all capitalized, Kenzie. That's definitely her screen name. Yes. She <laughs> caught him in the sack with Blasian the Goddess. Also an yes. adult Entertainer, I'm assuming. I don't know where you get his name, Blazing the Goddess. Like, I don't Blasian know. Is she black? Because she's half black, half Asian. Yeah, I was about to say. Is that, that. why the Blazing? Okay. Yeah, so be yeah, it. yeah. One is kind of a, you know, okay. what Blasian. am I saying here? Let me see if I get this right. Uh, she, the the ex girlfriend, Koa or Wawa Kenzie, is kind of, you know, you know, milky white, creamy, and then uh, she's kind of caramel. She's kind of caramel. The other one, <laughs> Blazing <laughs> caramel, guess, caramel the, the macchiato. Wow, he got caught. <laughs> And she, in she, she, yeah, and she spilled it all over on yeah. uh, internet. Well, you know what? You get caught in bed with another woman. That's named Blasian the Goddess. I'm, you know, well, she could have <laughs> she could have went off and done much worse. Usually, yes, yeah, some other stuff. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad she actually had a little bit of uh, control. She had herself a little bit of control because that could have went all types of wrong, man. Uh, Woa Kenzie is a an, an Instagram model. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean the same thing. 
influencer, Instagram model. You're basically on your way to being an adult entertainer. <laughs> you if know, you want to continue to follow that path. Well, I'm just saying, like, you're very close to it. Like, you're right there on the verge of it. And both, although their skin color is a little different, their badonkadonks are robust. I, I'd right, be exactly. willing to bet that she has an OnlyFans. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I did. Oh, I'm on Instagram. I was like, no, you got an OnlyFans too. Like, come on. Just say you're an adult entertainer. It's she's fine. selling something. Nobody's judging you. She's selling. Well, we know what she's selling. Uh, all right, Ty. Um, this is uh, off the record. Here you uh, dial up the Deion Sanders sound. I don't know if Deion Sanders is trolling us or not. Either way, it was hilarious. Uh, here is Deion Sanders. Sorry, lag, lag. Oh, it's okay. It's taking a day off our computers. Oh, All right. Might not be working. Not you, playing. You can play the other one first. All right. Yeah, I'll play the other one. It's... Drew, when was the last time a team called you to play for them? <laughs> uh, it was probably the, 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 year, the year after I retired. So it was that 2021. Um, there might have been a feeler or two that was put out there, you know, um, after that but no i i look you know my uh I'll, I'll let you know a little fact i don't throw with my right arm anymore uh, my right arm does does not work so when i throw in the backyard right now i throw left-handed um i can play pickleball just because it's below below the waist you know but anything above my shoulders i've got a hard time with and it's probably a result of it was de it's definitely a result of the injury that i that i suffered when i left san diego um, the dislocated right shoulder and, and all that stuff that, you know, I thought I may never play again. So I, that kind of put me on the fast track to a degenerative shoulder and um, all kinds of arthritic changes and stuff like that. So now I don't, I don't throw, I don't throw with my right arm anymore. So if I could, um, I would absolutely still be playing. That's Drew Brees, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I can't throw my right arm anymore. I got to throw. Can't left lift it up over my shoulder. And that's it. I mean, that's, that's sad, actually. It is really sad. I hope he gets like some surgery that can correct that. Cause I, I know his pain. You see kinetics, baby. I, well, I can't. I I can't throw it. I got I got a sidearm on my throws because I had rotator cuff surgery. So I know he's. I can't. I got a sidearm. Everything. All right. That. Uh, now that we have our, that's good stuff from Drew Brees and off yeah. the record. How about uh, Deion Sanders? You have a piece. We got of time for, for this. I think we, we got, got time. It. It's like thirty seconds. Here we go. All right. Here's Deion. Your expectations. Yeah, yeah. My expectations are out of the darn park. You got to understand, man. I mean, come on, man. What's the what's those little four heads that's in California? What do they call those? The people faces in, engraved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I set up there. It's in where? I thought it was in LA all this time. <laughs> wow, my geography. That's the Hollywood thing. That's what I thought. I'm sorry. Thank you for educating me. There's no idea I thought Mount Rushmore was in LA, did he? Did he really think that? That's yeah. no way. I think he's South Dakota us. there. Well, I know, but he, he said in L.A. That's no way Dion thought. Dion's too well-traveled to think. He's been in L.A. so many damn times. he never seen a Mount Rushmore in L.A. somewhere. Come I will on. say this. Having been to Mount Rushmore and to Hollywood, the, the Mount Rushmore would be much cooler in, was, in L.A. If it was with the Hollywood sign? Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> right because the problem with Mount Rushmore, it's way out there. It's, it's really Dakota. hard to get to. And once you get there, you're like, it's underwhelming because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Can I have a drink? Anybody? There's nothing around. <laughs> you're in the Badlands. You're like, oh, man. If it was in Hollywood, that'd be awesome. All right, we'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.